Fisher Cast, the Six Feet Under retrospective. I'm your funeral director, Robin, and I'm joined by my Six Feet Undertakers, Moira, and Des. <laughs> <laughs> with a pregnant pause in between. It's like you both popped out with top hats for our uh, season two finale. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You like jumped out. I'm wearing one right now. Yay! Yes, I have, a formal I have a cane too. <laughs> do you have a monocle? I do. Just like the planter's peanut guy. Yes, you can call me Mr. Peanut. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, thank you for showing up, Mr. Peanut, and uh, nice monocle. Uh, <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, season two finale. We're here. We're psyched, and uh, um, yeah, I have some some good email interaction earlier today, uh, and so I'm 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 fairly certain this is going to turn out to be a very good discussion. Oh yes, our uh, <laughs> our guest had to drop out for the evening. Our uh, our our friend the Gadster was supposed to be here, but um, you mean Gabalicious? Gabalicious. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna hate me for that. <laughs> Gabba, Gabba, Baba, uh, Gabba, Baba, uh, Gabble Yum. I'm just going over a bubble gum stuff. <laughs> Gabble Yum, Gabble Yum, <laughs> Queen of the Bra Watch. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we'll miss her tonight, uh, but I'm sure she'll be back. Um, so we're on our own. It's that's fine. That's pretty cool. Um, season season two finale, the last time, and uh, I better get going before this is the last time people listen to us. So the next segment we have <laughs> is the Darwin Awards. So yay! yay! And we this is a story all about uh, idiots in history. People have been reported that kind of end end their lives before ending other lives or contributing to the gene pool at all. So. Um, yeah, the uh, this is kind of related. <laughs> um, in it's related to the episode because not only do we hear that Nate was a gassy baby, um, we also <laughs> are uh, the have a nice commentary on the society of uh, of the the doctors in in, in the world uh, how, how terrible they are. So oh boy! <laughs> here we go. This is called laughing gas. Um, this took place in 1999 in Washington, D.C., not Canada. Okay. <laughs> we can thank our lucky stars that there are two fewer paramedics around. Uh, Carol and Mark were found dead in their suburban home by Mark's 14-year-old son. The couple were wearing respiratory masks attached to an empty canister of nitrous oxide. Nitrous oxide, commonly known as laughing gas, produces a short-lived high and is often used as a relaxant in dental offices and outpatient clinics. Like any, like every other pure gas, it must be mixed with air or oxygen, lest it cause suffocation. Needless to say, Carol and Mark did not mix the nitrous oxide with air. What makes this story a true Darwin Award candidate is that both of the deceased had enough medical training to have known better. Mark was a 10-year veteran paramedic with the District of Columbia Fire Department. Carol was studying to become an emergency medical technician in a suburban fire department. Even more amusing is a quote from the Washington, D.C. Fire Department's public information officer who said that Mark was one of the most educated and highly trained people we had. That must (laughs) alleviate the concerns of thousands of D.C. residents. So, uh, good job, guys. That was really sad. (laughs) Oh, man. 
So two deaths, awesome, um, and uh, possibly two deaths in the next episode. So it, 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 not in the next episode, in this episode, we're going to talk today. I didn't just spoil anything. <laughs> Jeez, let's just take a break say. before I blow this whole thing. Hi, this is Kevin Batchelder. And this is the Saturday B-Movie Reel. Shoot it! Shoot it! (laughs) (laughs) That's about describes it, yeah. All right, everybody stay here. We look specifically at the Sci-Fi Channel's original movies. You know the ones. The ones that air on Saturday night. Known throughout the ages as an instant classic. (laughs) We need a bigger gator! Uh, Limb cutting and blood squirting from... (laughs) Flying limbs, I called it in my notes. (laughs) What could go wrong? We look on a regular basis at the movies as they come out, and since they've been over 200 of them, we do go back and look at many of them that are now out on DVD. By this point, I had completely forgotten any semblance of seeing if this actually makes any sense from a plot point of view. So come on by, get involved, and have some fun. Check us out at SaturdayBMovieReel.com. The future depends on it. Make it safe. And we're back. So, uh, yeah, Saturday B Movie Reel. Good show. Check it out. Um, and we're here with uh, Open Casket Viewing, and it's our episode discussion of The Last Time. Moira? All right. So... Fisher and Sons is the subject of an unannounced inspection, and the outcome proves surprisingly beneficial for Frederico. Ruth wakes up to the reality of her relationship with Nikolai and quits her job at the flower shop, while Claire's art school interview turns out differently than she'd hoped. Things between Keith and David grow tense in the wake of Keith's career woes. Brenda attempts to deal with her true nature, making her future with Nate even more of a question mark. When Nate decides the time has finally come to take action regarding his AVM, Ruth, David, and Claire discover a family intimacy they never knew they had. <laughs> Written by Kate Robin, Robin, would be Robin, and directed by Alan Ball. Oh my <laughs> and, and and here we go. The tears have begun to flow. <laughs> you, you know, when I finished watching the episode, I said to myself, "Oh my God, I bet Robin balled his eyes out." <laughs> I thought that too. The worst part is I've seen this before, you know? It's still just yeah, as effective. It's sad. Yeah. Sad. Um, so I have a question. Um last week did I give a prediction about who the death of the week would be this week? I don't Because I was nope. thinking it and I don't think I ever said it and I was like, damn it because last week after watching that episode I I was thinking, oh, this week on the finale, the death is going to be Brian Darling or whatever his name is on the show. <laughs> Aaron Buckman. Aaron. I'm going yeah, to keep calling him Brian Darling because that's who he is to me. But, um, but yeah, I had a feeling it was going to be him. And I wish I would have said it on the show, damn it. <laughs> I wish you had because I think you're brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I do because, because in the opening sequence – I have in my notes, I go, opening sequence, Nate, and I put down question mark, what? Because my little brain said, why are we focusing on Nate in his bed? That's not how it's supposed to start. Well, I knew it wouldn't be Nate because I... No, no, I knew it wouldn't be Nate, but I couldn't, I thought, for the finale, have they skipped the opening death? You know, so until it became revealed, I was a little perplexed. I I have a crazy theory, and this is based on nothing but... My crazy theories, because I have not seen any spoilers or no one spoiled me, but that Nate's going to die at the end of the crackpot <laughs> theories. <laughs> yes. Nate's going to die at the end of the series. That was Dez's crackpot <laughs> theories. <laughs> I may be way off, but 
I don't know. I just feel like that could happen. See, I'm like the worst person for that. I don't tend to look ahead much I, hmm, in I terms of theorizing. Either. I don't know, either, so. but I just have this weird feeling like, you know what I mean? It just like, yeah. I keep thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm hoping I'm wrong. Is it gnawing at the inside of your brain like a little tiny rat? <laughs> it, yeah, it keeps it keeps like coming up and I keep thinking about it. So oh, creepy. Okay. Jeez, I thought he died at the end of this episode, but let's uh, let's go on to the opening scene. <laughs> um, yes, it is a very strange thing because it does feature the the cast members before the death, and uh, I did listen to the commentary, most of it, before I fell asleep again. <laughs> Terrible! Oh my God, you need to listen to the commentaries in the morning. Robin. I know. I was like <laughs> one o'clock. I got time. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, the commentary was out by Alan Ball, and uh, yeah, he did want to uh, kind of mess with the viewers by opening up, and you see Nate, and you're like, no! Well, it, it, it worked for me, although I didn't think it was going to die. It just messed with me because I thought they were screwing up what they were doing with the episode. <laughs> <sighs> and uh, I, I actually wrote this little note to myself. Is this the first time we've ever seen Nate's bed at the Fisher residence in two years? Yes, I think so. Have you ever seen I, him in his I mean, own room? Sh- We've we see seen him room all the time. David's. We see Brenda's room where he sleeps. Mm-hmm. That's the only time I think we've seen it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think the only time we've seen him like get up in bed has been like at Brenda's place. You know. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and she never she yeah. never stays at the Fishers. That's for sure. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah. I think the dinners are too the dinners there are too traumatic. So. <laughs> She's out of there the <laughs> tonight. Um, okay, so plus, uh, hey, no, wait, like that was totally a stunt driver on that bike, right? That was very cool. The motorcycle <laughs> sequence. That's These right. are my notes, okay, people. This is the kind of thing I think about. All right. <laughs> no, I wrote that too. I wrote reckless stunt double. <laughs> but okay. um, we we skip past the fact that the Fishers are looking at pics of pictures of Maya, and we find out mm. that Nate was a gassy baby. David didn't make a peep, <laughs> and nobody really remembers Claire as a baby. <laughs> Oh my God, poor Claire! <laughs> I know. I'm telling you, I have that whole, you know, empathy being the youngest. <laughs> <laughs> and we find out that also that these pictures is like the first time Nate's actually seen his child. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's take away yeah. What you want. terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, and he's a bit mad because Ruth has a relationship with her. And she says, even though you've signed away your custodial rights, doesn't mean you can't see her. And, and um, she's right. Yeah. You know, he shouldn't be mad at her, her for wanting to have a relationship with her <laughs> grandchild. Um, you know, it's probably more that he's just kind of jealous that he doesn't have a relationship. <laughs> yeah, jealous and probably guilty, too, because he, he's seeing yes. um, what he's missing and what he probably should be doing, right? But I agree with you. Yes. She's the grandma. That's the best relationship ever. Can't take right. that away from her. Hmm. You, uh, you, he has no, I mean, he signed away all parental rights. He has absolutely no say in um, Ruth being part of her life. You know, he signed away mm-hmm. those rights. Right. Yeah. He's jealous. He was just jealous. Um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this scene actually, uh, Alan Ball said that they were running behind schedule, and they did this scene. If you notice, in one steady cam shot, and he said the, the group of actors, of course, are just so incredibly talented that he didn't have any too much of a problem, you know, staging that and getting it done. Um, kind of like us when we podcast. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, so the Reckless Stunt Double heads over to see uh, Aaron Buckbinder. And, um, yeah, so so this is pretty interesting because um, uh, Brian Darling, uh, <laughs> whatever his name is, <laughs> actually... Glenn uh, Fitzgerald. Glenn Fitzgerald. I, I, I love... Brian Darling, because I like that last name personally. But anyway, Darling. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah. So he actually filmed all his scenes from each episode, from the last three episodes, all in like one day, basically. Huh. With three different directors had to be, they had to be come in, they'd work with him, and then they'd, you know, him and uh, Peter Krause, and then because they only had him for like a day. That is very cool. Yeah, yeah. That is very cool. Because he, he went from looking relatively healthy and robust to looking really horrible yeah. <laughs> over the course of that day. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> in this episode, he looks terrible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, well, you look terrible when you're dying. And uh, here we go with uh, go away. I'm, I'm right here for you. Um, and then he says he's not ready. And... Um, See, I was a little dense, okay, because right. I, I couldn't quite believe he was really dying right then, just because his speech was so clear and he was so, uh, you know, competent still, kind of. You know, that's one of the great things between our our podcast and CarneyCast is that we have the medical opinion, like, right there. You know, <laughs> we don't have to wait an episode for you to call back the medical <laughs> advice uh, or any sort of medical knowledge. We have you right here. <laughs> To talk about uh, death and dying, so um, when somebody dies, they they can't speak very well. They no, it depends on why they die. But I'm just saying, in, in usually, if someone is dying of a protracted cancer, mm-hmm. like pancreatic cancer, and they're debilitated and they're weak, and they often they just kind of fade, and they usually lapse into a state of you know semi consciousness, and then eventually, they, yeah, eventually they aren't responding to you anymore. They're still breathing, they're still there, but they're not responsive. And so uh, when I think of the deaths I've witnessed. I don't think I've ever seen one quite like this one. <laughs> it's very dramatic. It I'll is very dramatic. Yeah. Anyway. Um, what, what a horrifying, you... actually. A little horrifying. <laughs> what did you think about that, Stez? Uh, well, you know, I mean, he's like, he wasn't ready to die. And Nate's like, tell him, let go. He might as well put a pillow over his face and smother him. <laughs> 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 oh, poor Brian, darling. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is cry number one for me. Um, oh, for God's sakes! <laughs> you know, yeah, okay. I did not cry over this one. You know, I, I thought I did think was, it was. Sorry, go ahead, Des. Oh, I was gonna say, there's only one moment in this whole episode that almost brought me to tears. Almost. Okay, well, I cannot we'll wait to hear what that is. We'll have to see if it was mine too. <laughs> see, but I thought it was really cool that Nate did cry. I thought it was good for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, what got me was the fact that, you know, this guy he's grown to care about and he's been there for. Um, and also, I would say a bit of an escape. I mean, he went to see Aaron after the whole Brenda breakup and now he's upset about the whole, you know, Ruth getting close with Maya and he's not in Maya's life. And um, and he goes there and now he's dying, you know. So that's yeah. a bit horrible. And, of course, you know, the, the fact that he's got to kind of a death sentence on his head too, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, the it's okay. It's okay. Got a little dusty. And he was all of, you know, he was all of 26 years old, right? Mm. 
Yep, that's right. That's pretty heartbreaking. Um, so thus begins what I like to call, um, let's see, what do we want to call it? Nate's house moment. You know the moment in house where like somebody's talking to him and he's like, aha, now I have yeah. the answer to everything. Yes. Nate goes from one scene to the next being propelled by uh, what somebody says to him. And uh, it, it might be the writing of Kate Robin. I don't want to discredit anybody with the name Robin. Um, I, I think she really did really good with the emotional impact. It was just, it just, and maybe that's what, you know, a, a, a guy like does or like a regular person does they somebody talks about something and they're like yeah you're right i should go see my baby you know or yeah you're right i should schedule that that emulation you know I've, I've had that happen with a good friend of mine where i'm talking to him about something and something like about his personal life and then he literally puts his finger in the air you know how you point that index <laughs> finger up and goes oh my god that could be why she did that like he really did do that <laughs> it's kind of funny i'm like you think <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes you can't see it yourself till somebody points it out to you. <laughs> so um, in the next scene, Nate is trying to schedule an embolization because he just saw somebody die in front of him. And he's like, wait, I don't like that. I'm going to try to avoid that and uh, try to follow my doctor's Finally. advice. And may I just say, I share his frustration when you are dealing with medical secretaries mm-hmm. who sometimes don't get it <laughs> in right. terms of how earnest you're feeling. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Most are fabulous. Don't get me wrong, medical secretaries out there. I have huge respect for you. But every so often, when I'm advocating for a patient and you're not hearing me, it's really frustrating. I'm just saying. Okay, I've had my moment. Now. <laughs> so David brings in Dr. Giggles to inspect the house. Okay, his oh. name is Inspector Gerson. It's John Gerson, the inspector. <laughs> but yeah, he was from Dr. Giggles and Dark Man. Uh, that's all I remember him from. Apparently he was on LA law too, but whatever. Hmm. Yeah. Good good to know. All right. So, (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, she's going to die. She hears that. Poor day. Oh, okay. Yeah. Dr. Giggles has the man with the worst bedside manner ever. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, you mean no? We're not talking about the same person. I'm talking about Inspector Gerson, who played oh, Doctor Giggles in he, the movies. Oh, okay. Sorry, but he wait. That guy played. He played in a million things. I've yeah. seen that character actor everywhere. That's he's true. hilarious, mm-hmm. and he's good in this one. I like. He's well cast in this one. Yeah. I think. <laughs> so we find out that uh, perhaps Misty, Misty, Miss, play Misty for me. Miss Mitzi. Mitzi uh, <laughs> made one last move against the Fishers and made a complaint. And now the inspector is here to check things out. Well, you know, you wouldn't expect good old Mitzi to go down without a fight, would you? Really? Yeah. That would disappoint us if she had. So good for her. <laughs> I did, guess. Did anyone, did anyone say his name was Larry Drake? No, I didn't. No, actually. Thank you. That's it. Thank yeah. you. I called, Sorry. I was just calling him Dr. Giggles and I, yes. and, uh, yeah. Confusing me. Cause yeah. now I thought somebody, we'll just pretend all that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the lack, inter- lack arts interview has okay, begun. Okay. I see something right here before you say a word. Okay. Cause you're not going to believe me unless I tell you, I'm reading my notes. I write down Claire's interview and then I write down, cause I, I literally, I paused it just when she enters the room and I put down, Oh, 
it's like flash dance. What a feeling. And then I put down, oh my God, I can't believe they did that. <laughs> Hilarious. I, I was wondering why the hell she was dancing <laughs> for her uh, audition. I'm like, she's not a dancer. She's a photographer. Right. <laughs> In fact, I swear to God, I wonder if they were some of the same actors that were in the flash dance scene. I don't know. But it was so Oh, yeah. I love that. It was definitely a, a great homage to Alan Ball, of course, said, yeah, totally flash dance. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, she dances around, and the, it was funny because Alan Ball was like, and uh, um, uh, Lauren did all her dancing in this move, in, in this scene. And then he's like, just kidding. That's a stunt double. <laughs> that's actually a dancer. <laughs> I was going to say she was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wow. that's great. Um, so she... Flies around and falls on her butt. And uh, that, she has to start again, but her legs aren't working. And she ends up <laughs> ripping one of them off. <laughs> uh. Oh, my God. That's just so completely six feet under, you know? <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Alan Ball actually said that a lot of the writers were fighting him on the flash dance scene. And, uh, and then he added a little bit more to it by making her rip one of her legs off. So that was kind of a... I- I could have lived without that. <laughs> oh, see, I thought it was great because here they've surprised surprised me anyway with the opening death by putting a twist on it. Um, and then they have a flash dance scene, which just makes me happy because <laughs> it's awesome. I, 80s movie. I've never so seen So at this point, you know, I'm feeling dance. good about the show. You've never seen it? No, <gasps> but I do recognize the dance. I, you know, I mean, I've seen that, but yeah, I've never seen the movie. Are you a maniac? Maniac? On, on <laughs> maniac the or? On the floor? On the floor? <laughs> I'm dancing like I've never danced Dance. before. <laughs> That's you. You, know, you don't have a bucket of water positioned over your chair in your bedroom? <laughs> no, but I've seen that part before. <laughs> okay, it wasn't a bedroom, iconic. actually. It was a stage. But, hey, I'm just saying. That's, <laughs> what a feeling you will get from this movie if you watch it. I'm telling you. <laughs> I know the songs, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Um, Rico is working on Aaron, uh, uh, but uh, Vanessa is there with lunch, and she she wants a kidney shaped pool. Um, <sighs> maybe because she was just looking at Aaron's kidneys. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> David and the inspector come in, and the Diaz's are trying to hide mouthfuls of food. <laughs> so it's all uh, just pure sort of you know physical slap, not slapstick comedy, but visual comedy. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> Um, so Inspector Gerson wonders if Vanessa has a license to be down there. <laughs> we wish Vanessa didn't have a license to be on the show, <laughs> Inspector. <laughs> Can you just kick her right out of the whole Fisher cast, please? <laughs> the, the fish, the Fisher cast. I think she's already meaning made... the cast of the show. <laughs> she's already <laughs> kicked out of the the podcast itself. Now, uh, Alan Ball <laughs> did uh, profess his love for uh, Justina Machado in, in in this episode too. So. And uh, I don't know the way she screams Julio right into the camera. It, he, it, it kind of uh, I don't know the way he was talking about her, and then he she's just kind of like going Julio. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, that became like kind of a in joke on the set that they'd be. Well, I mean, I'll give her this: the actress does a good draw job portraying Vanessa. You know what I mean? Like it's very sort of believable, but it's just the character's annoying. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Damn it! We're talking about Vanessa and Rico now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we're 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 
dear Underoos, uh, I hope you don't notice too much, but Des fades in and out of reality as we talk to her. So I think she's actually a time traveler or something. I think it's because she watches Doctor Who so much, and she has a TARDIS in her bedroom. That's I think she's like Peter Bishop in Fringe. Yes, that's me. Good analogy. (laughs) Hopping back and forth through time. Like this conversation, actually, I've already done the end of the uh, podcast. So I got a little confused. (laughs) And you're brushing off some strange powder from your hand now? (laughs) All right, now pretend you haven't reviewed it. (laughs) Oh, okay. I will try. All right, so Gerson is. uh, uh, they're trying to hide this puddle of blood from uh, Inspector Gerson, and he starts <laughs> talking about how Aaron's body should be in the freezer. He paid for a two-day stay, and it looks like we are, there's no vacancy here. We are knee-deep in human waste. Uh, yeah, that was kind of gross, guys. Mm. Come on. I just still... Uh, the eating lunch down there. <laughs> that is so disgusting you know not just the fact that it's a health code violation but mm. really do you really want to eat lunch down there there is not a break room you can eat <laughs> lunch in there's a whole I mean, kitchen <laughs> yes and even if they don't want rico the lowly employee in their kitchen you know because he's just an employee have a closet converted into a little eating area Put rico Seriously. in the freezer <laughs> yeah I think it's just about efficiency. You know, it's just about you have you're, you're you're hungry and you want to grab a little handful of grapes and you're you know you're working on the body and you're running the tubes in and the embalming fluid's going and you just need to be able to grab your snack food. It's three in the afternoon and you're having your hypoglycemic attack and you need your snack food. Perfectly understandable. You wash your hands with lots of soap. Um, then you go out of that room into an approved area for eating that is cleaned with bleach, and then you eat, and then you wash your hands, and then you go work on the body again. <laughs> I so love gross. that. So gross. It, honestly, Rico is uh, allowed in the house. I, I remember the scene where he shared his lunch with Nikolai, that he actually got his lunch out of the Fisher's fridge. Right. So That's right. <laughs> <laughs> let him in the kitchen, but you know, yeah. if they want to let him in, that's fine. So the real Lagarde's interview has begun, and uh, the interviewer wonders about Claire's grades, and she blames it on Gabe at first, and um, then she starts talking about her father's death, and she seems to have a lot to get off her chest right at this moment, you know, and she says that when when her father died, she actually used her art to kind of deal uh, with everything. And she is overwhelmed with emotion and starts breaking down crying. And th- this is the part where uh, my wife laughed and said, will you look at her face? <laughs> oh, the oh totally. <laughs> oh, my God. I was thinking the same thing, Brie. <laughs> I put down, yeah, her face gets all screwy, uber screwy when she cries. It looks terrible. Yeah. I didn't notice. <laughs> You know what? It made me think of um, the actress who plays Meredith on Grey's Anatomy, who is like the worst <laughs> crier ever. The worst. And, and Claire wasn't as bad as that. She's not as bad as that. But it was a little bit bad. <laughs> uh, well, I was just thinking that the interviewer didn't seem very compassionate. You know what I mean? She didn't I do seem know what very sympathetic at all. Uh, yeah. No, it was, more like, it was more like... Well, Claire was a bit like a Petri dish. She just kind of kept... You know, saying things to her, eliciting a response, and then just kind of noting it. It was, yeah, it was a bit um, um, 
Yeah, distant. Yeah, a bit cold. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. Mm-hmm. So, um, what do you guys think? Do you think she's uh, going to East Valley with Parker next year, or is she actually no, going to Lack Arts? She's going to Lack Arts. Yeah. We will see. Uh, oh, I she is. Hopefully, we'll see. see. So, Nate drops Aaron off to the crematorium, and uh, the awesome guy there says, uh, come back tomorrow or torch him then, uh, in which Nate kind of uh, slams his van doors and goes off, takes off. Um, yeah, <laughs> that guy's <laughs> such a jerk. Uh, David comes home to find that Keith has shipped Taylor off to his parents. Yay! Yay! Now we keep go with her, please. <laughs> and Desiree has a little cupcake with a Taylor face on it and a candle, and she lights it and then she chomps it all down. I, I light <laughs> it, then I punch Taylor. it. I punch it in the face and then I eat it. <laughs> uh, yeah, he didn't think they'd be able to keep her, especially after he was suspended. Uh, from the force, uh, he might actually not even be able to be a police officer anymore. Uh, and he has a John Locke moment, doesn't he? Don't tell me what I know. <laughs> it's true. Well, it's a kind of don't have... yeah, I thought so. Very, very much like John Locke. But he, um, to me, it is unfathomable that you would ship Taylor away and not even discuss it with your mm-hmm. partner. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know Jerk. if he really considers David a partner. Well, that comes out later in the scene, doesn't it? Yeah, but I was already thinking that, that I, you know, I really don't think that he considers him much of a partner. He thinks of him kind of as a pain in the butt, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Lost, actually, uh, at the sexual addiction group, uh, Brenda is going slowly nuts while Doc Arts, Doc Arts. is talking <laughs> about That's how terrible awesome. his life is. Yeah. Um, he's he's addicted to sex, um, and, but he's been loyal the last couple of years. And the big problem is though, his wife totally disgusts him. And then <laughs> walks in Scott Axelrod. Oh uh, yes, Grant Show. <laughs> and it took me a second to realize who the heck that was. To be honest, I, I, I mean, I recognized the face, but I went, "Okay, which one of Brenda's men is this?" Yeah, uh, let me see. I remembered him, but I didn't remember that they didn't have sex. <laughs> but it was uh, the guy in the bar, right? That yes, yes, it was kind of the f- okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it will take thirty-eight thousand dollars to make the drainage system holler. Um, mm-hmm. So they'll need to shut down for a while. That was a wild thing reference, just you know. Um, no one's. Yes, in, I got that. No one's. Nope. Yeah, no nope. Okay. I, I'm. I, I like the tone note. Yeah. All right. You're a funky cold Medina. <laughs> Whatever that yes. means. Myra stares off into space at this point and goes, I don't know what they're talking about. Do you people know what they're talking about? <laughs> Listeners, I have no idea. Just come over hey, here with lady, me and we'll have. Music. We'll have. We'll have chocolate together. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, fun, the Fisher brothers uh, tell Rico that he might have to get temp work as well. And it's funny, during the commentary, at this point, uh, Alan Ball re- um, reminds me why I shouldn't uh, let anybody listen to the commentaries until they're done with the series. Because uh, he's he says that he's in the middle of writing a season four script and he's like, Oh, 
They spent thirty-eight thousand dollars to to replace that drainage system. Okay, I I forgot that fact. I'm going to use that. <laughs> it was just like, what? <laughs> I have no idea what that's in reference to either. It's just funny. They might just come up in a conversation like, "Oh, he spent thirty-eight thousand dollars." Blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, we go on to Candice Bovard talking. Uh, approaches uh, Scott Axelrod and uh, he says, I had sex with 200 women, so pardon me if I don't uh, recognize you. <laughs> wow, he's <laughs> even douchier than Brenda. <laughs> I was thinking that might be a little humbling for her. Mm. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I'm Brenda. <laughs> and nobody cares. Yeah. Uh, Dr. DiPaolo, uh, a, a kingmaker, in uh, uh, medicine, uh, amazing, amazing, kind, considerate doctor. Oh. Okay, <laughs> this being the jerk that I was thinking of earlier. Now, okay, are we? This is at the scene where he's telling Nate about everything, right? Yeah. So, yes. Okay did did he tell Nate all this stuff before? Because I don't remember him. You know, like he said, no, that he, he, he did not stuff. talk. No, he, not in any detail. I remember he said you can embolize it or you could cut it out. He didn't talk to him about paralysis and death and losing the ability to speak and all that. No. Yeah, I didn't think so. Hmm. My notation to myself was, oh, my God, that is not informed consent. <laughs> <laughs> Oi. And, uh, yeah, he does still remain to be the asshole that he was when we first met him. Uh, in fact, uh, this cranial surgery that could save Nate's life or might just kill him or put him in a wheelchair is kind of an inconvenience. <laughs> and don't you love the way he blames Nate? Well, you know, if you'd come to me sooner. Yeah. yeah. If you'd come to me sooner, I would have been able to play golf this weekend. Oh, it's just classic. <laughs> Uh, I haven't lost all my patience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does not instill. I mean, he's cocky as hell, but it. Oh, that's my phone. I'm sorry. I'll get it. Hello. <laughs> Hopefully, someone downstairs will get it. Oh, someone answer the phone. Uh, I'm sorry, Robin. Okay. I'm sorry, future Robin. Um, <laughs> okay, it's done. It's done. Yeah, yeah, I think so. All right, it's all done. Somebody answered. Um, anyway, I was saying he does not instill confidence. He's so cocky, which, I mean, cocky isn't always completely bad in a surgeon. But this guy is cocky with absolutely no redeeming features. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just, it's not good. Yeah. We haven't seen much good, good, like, okay, he's worth this because he gives out uh, very, all, all the great advice and he's really nice. And, you know, we have to work around sometimes his uh, dickishness, you know. I mean, house saves lives. This guy, I don't know. Uh <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Remains to be seen whether or not he's safe. Seen, yes. So uh, Scott is having lunch at Brenda's bungalow. Okay, I need to interrupt here because my notation says Brenda's drinking and pot. Can we please discuss this? By which I mean, I've been watching our little Brenda in the last few, uh, I don't know, episodes, mm-hmm. the last year or so. And it has struck me that every single time we see her at her house, she is always pouring herself a beer. Mm-hmm. And God knows she's smoking up half the time. Yeah. And it just I, you know, as a general kind of rule, when I'm trying to choose my mate for life, I think if they're stoned and inebriated three quarters of the time, it might not be high on my list of really positive attributes. 
just me? Uh, well, you, I mean, are you speaking from your point of view or from <laughs> Nate's point of view, who from might Nate's not point, be the most from, mature person either? Well, I suppose, but I, I'm just saying, I guess, as a life partner, and you're right, Nate's not all that grown up either, but I'm looking at her thinking, oh, she doesn't get through a day without alcohol. So <laughs> it, um, it just, you know, it doesn't bode well, people. <laughs> So I just now, Moira, I got this, your email reply from the last email about doing the show a little earlier tonight. That was sent eight hours ago. <laughs> I, just now. I just got that too. Wow. I didn't read it, but I saw it pop up. Must have been in cyberspace. That is so weird. <laughs> that is crazy. So, um, yeah, Brenda is talking about how she doesn't think that this, this whole sexual addiction thing is a very, is really, is real. And uh, we also uh, get the, the information that Scott has a gonorrhea, gonorrhea, and uh, gonorrhea, gonorrhea, What's that? I'm skating the girl he's sleeping with. Uh, yeah. Can I just say I have a? I, I'm not a. I'm not really a big believer in um, sex addiction either. I think there's underlying problems that need to be dealt with that cause people to do that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's, you know what I mean? I'm with Brenda about not blaming it on an illness, you know? Yeah, kind of like a runner's high, like the way people say people are addicted to running because they get that endorphin high. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I would argue, well, I wouldn't really call it an addiction exactly. I would probably call it a way of coping. Yeah. You know? like, but on some level, it's more of a choice. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I'm not a firm believer in addiction, but you know. You mean sex addiction or addiction in general? A lot in general, but you know, sex addiction too. Most of it, you know, they have causes that you know uh, mental um, issues in your life, things you know you've gone through that force you to be this way and we're not force you to but you know you make your decisions you know but still things happen you know then you're blaming it on it's not your fault it's disease how's anybody supposed to get better like that mm-hmm. it's it's mind over matter people <laughs> it is in fact a very controversial area you're quite right i think yeah, there's a lot I of am, disagreement about I whether it's a real addiction in AA or NA or any of that stuff, I, I don't think that that's a very productive way to deal with that kind of situation at all. Hmm. But that's just my opinion, and the views of Desiree are not uh, the same views as everybody else on FisherCast. So <laughs> if you have hate mail, address it to Desiree. If you were a former alcoholic <laughs> or drug addict or sex addict and you want to bitch at me, go ahead. I can take it. If you're the sex addict, give her your number. And a picture, please. <laughs> but not your gonorrhea. No. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> no gonorrhea. Uh, that was just a magic moment there on, on Picture Cast. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, I hope someone out there is amused. <laughs> I hope so too. Besides <laughs> us. All right. Um, well, let, let's. Uh, I, I must take the reins here because I refuse to give up my power. Um, Diva. Brenda says that she doesn't want to be one of those people that walks around in pain all the time and it might kill her. So, uh, obnoxious crematorian guy is obnoxious. Um, he's not the best guy to say goodbye to a dear, uh, what's what turned into a, a, a good friend. 
uh, or at least somebody Nate really cared about. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, I don't know if I'd ever want to see even uh, an acquaintance fried alive or repositioned under the fire. <laughs> that was no. Wasn't it? Once oh. you close those doors, you you should not open them again. No, no. no. <laughs> see that. And the smell. Oh gosh. So, yeah, I didn't really write down uh, too much about what he was talking about. I, 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 I was just like, okay, this is really revolting. <laughs> <laughs> but I did write down Nate's house moment. Uh, this, when the cre- obnoxious crematorium guy starts talking about dead babies, Nate realizes he yes. needs to go see his baby. <laughs> I, I got that, too. I was like, oh, time to go see the baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So Nate tells Ruth um, he's going with her to Lisa's. And they arrive with uh, some, a basket of toys and Nate's old blanket. And Nate looks around, uh, kind of lost, and uh, finds a little booty. Uh, Lisa comes home and is surprised to see Nate. He apologizes, but she's happy he's there. She hands the baby to him, and he lights up. And for the second time, I start oh, to snuggle. <laughs> because See, I am a baby not, girl. No, I didn't cry. Robin, you are the woman of this podcast. I hate to tell you that, but you really are. And I'm not really known as a terribly butch chick, so I think that's saying a lot. <laughs> I think I am, actually. <laughs> oh my god! And I don't know. I mean, on the one hand, I'm happy Nate, you know, kind of went over and saw his his child, but yeah, I don't know. I'm of two minds I, about that. I can't get excited about this child that is going to ruin the series. <laughs> so, you know, sorry. I mean, in real life, baby's great. But on my TV series, when there's no baby and then you add a baby, it makes everything terrible. Yeah, it is one of those sort of truisms of television, isn't it? Yes. It's like when you have the sexual tension and then the, the couple finally consummates the you know, intent and everything just goes to hell in a handbasket. Usually. Yes. I mean, it doesn't have to, but it usually mm-hmm. does because the writers just don't understand how to deal with it. Yep. They're like, Oh, we're, we don't know what to do. More tension. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, well, we'll see. We'll have to see. Hopefully that little baby Maya doesn't ruin the entire Fisher clan. We'll see. I, my hopes are not up for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have faith. <laughs> I love baby girls. Yay. <laughs> uh, did I mention Peter Krauss had a baby of his own around this time? No, uh, you that's did not. a little bit of trivia Alan Ball shared. It, it was kind of cool because he, Peter Krauss just became a father around the same time. So. Oh, that's cute. Um, Ruth, was, was this baby um, little Elle Fanning? No. No, she played his daughter on for... Um, one uh, was it one episode or was she the one who replaced the other girl on Dirty Sexy Money, which had Brian Darling on it? <laughs> I've got to see this awesome show. It's so good. It's like a soap opera, but it's so delicious. I can't wait to start a Dirty Sexy intro cast. <laughs> oh my god! You know who's on it? Also, trademark. Trademark. People are listening. <laughs> I think I told you also. Um, Lincoln uh, Lee is on it. Too. Right. Right. <gasps> Yes. Actually, yes. Dirty Sexy Intro Cast does not need to be about Dirty Sexy Money. So, therefore, I am retitling Fisher Cast for Season 3, the Dirty Sexy Intro Cast. Oh, you're oh. That's right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> no pun we'll intended. Have so many new listeners. 
<laughs> I'm taking the iTunes feed down and putting it back up under the new title. All right. Uh, Ruth takes a picture and she says, you'll thank me when you're old. Um, Ruth doesn't like films about retarded people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have no sympathy for addiction babies or retarded people. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Um, it's like Ruth found a whole new family to belong to, the Lisa family. Exactly, yeah. She's she seems to be very just fully installed in this house. She's even talking to Lisa about her uh, uh, new boss, um, Carol, who's, who Lisa's working for, and I think she was talking to her sister on the phone. Yes. So, sure. yeah. And I love it. Um, Lisa thinks she's um, nice and funny and just. A big help. It's great because Ruth really needs somebody to appreciate her for her. Mm-hmm. And I think Lisa does because she's seeing her outside of her family, which, you know, when you're outside of your family, a lot of times you can be a little more free to be mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think it's great. It's something Ruth needed. She wasn't getting with Nikolai. She wasn't getting with her family. She wasn't getting with uh, Ed Bagley Jr. So this is good for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, right? On the drive back, Ruth uh, implies something about maybe Nate and Lisa getting married <laughs> because uh, Nate and Lisa remind her of her and Nathaniel. Oh, God. And the, so and the thought of that makes Nate tell her, <laughs> actually, no, I might die. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, and I forgot that he hadn't told her yet. Mm. And, I, mm-hmm. and then I realized he hadn't And this is the first time he's telling her about any of it And I just felt Oh, Ruth is going to be so upset because Yes, because as it slowly Unravels that she's the last to know You can see the hurt, you know Yeah, yeah. I felt that and you can her. I mean, you can understand completely How she'd be hurt, but you can also understand How he wanted to protect her from this Right, well let's talk about that more At the end um, Okay, so yeah. uh, the Fisher Kitchen oh. <laughs> What's that? I said no. And I, said, <laughs> <laughs> I was about to go. I, I wanted some other diva. <laughs> so, I'm not giving up the power. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, Ruth is taking control as well. <laughs> I don't even know what you said. I'm editing you out. You're done for right now. She was singing. I got the power. And I oh, you're. Oh, you're, you're, on. you're the good one. Oh. You go to aerobics class, you hear that kind of thing. <laughs> I had that in my head too, Mara. I'm all about so snap. That's okay. <laughs> Looks like I'm going to have Tone Loke and Snap and Flash Dance to play at the end of this podcast. That'll be great if you can fit those oh, all I in. I hope you do. I'm going to do a mashup. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Mr. Shu. Uh, I'm not putting any of those songs on there. Uh, <laughs> so, I already have a song picked out, so there. Uh <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, I'm just humming flash I'm, I'm, I know, and I got totally lost in my notes. <laughs> the Fisher K- Kitchen, uh, The Fisher King, starring Robin Williams and Jeff Bridges. Uh, the Fisher <laughs> Kitchen, um, Ruth is planning out uh, Nate's surgery day, is told David, <laughs> ordered David to go to Claire's graduation. Claire's going to her graduation, and this like is what we're doing. Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> this drove me crazy because. Oh. Okay, see, Claire feels the way uh, I did and Skylar did. It's like we didn't give a crap about the graduation, only doing it for mom, mm-hmm. right? 
I mean, I didn't even want to go to, I graduated from, with my associate's degree in May, right? 38 years old. <laughs> and my mom wa- was excited to see, you know, me cross the city. I'm like, I'm not going. She said, you have to go. So I did it for her. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it for me. Although I did enjoy it. I thought it, you know, I felt good afterwards, but mainly I did it for her. If Claire, it's, he could die. He could die. She mm-hmm. could do a graduation ceremony in the summer. That's what they do for the kids that have to take summer school, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, or not at all. It doesn't matter. I didn't go to my high school graduation at all because I had to take summer school <laughs> and they didn't have a, <laughs> They didn't have summer graduation back then. They do now. But um, I didn't really miss it. My mom did, but I didn't. So I think it's ridiculous that Ruth is saying that they have to go to this graduation when her brother, you know, could die, possibly. Mm-hmm. This is more I important. I think it's than about Ruth. You know, Ruth always wants to do the proper thing, the right thing, the, you know, the expected yep. thing. And it's hard for her to deviate from that. But I completely agree with you. I think if you know, this is Claire's big brother. This is a huge moment. And where they need to be putting their, their energies is into supporting Nate, but also into supporting each other. Right. Right. And they so, should all be there for him. Mm-hmm. Screw graduation. That is such a small thing that is not, I mean, seriously, 20 years later, are you going to remember your graduation? Nope. Not that much. You know, it's not that important. You graduate from high school. That's an accomplish- accomplishment right there. You don't have to walk. So, so yeah, the, it's funny. The, I, I, once you're seeing this whole, uh, her, her taking the reins of this thing, you know, at first I had this this feeling, and I think what you guys are saying is absolutely right, um, though. And I think that's really what what how we should feel about what Ruth is feeling or why she's acting this way. But at first, I was almost thinking like, is Ruth jealous of all the time that David and Claire knew and got to be there for him and take care of him in you know in like a seizure? you know, any of this time and is actually saying, okay, this time I'm going to be the person for him. You know? See, I, I didn't think that at all. I just thought she was managing the situation. Like she manages every situation. Like Moira was saying, you know, it was a proper thing to do. She's trying, uh, maybe she's trying to play down how, you know, how, uh, Dangerous as surgery is or something, yes, mm-hmm. and trying yeah. to just keep everybody in their normal routine. It's just gonna be a, it's just gonna be a quick fix, and Claire shouldn't have to deal with missing her graduation. Claire's gonna have a happy day. Uh, yeah. and David's gonna be there to support her, and like she's trying no to protect everybody, yeah. protect Claire, protect right. Yeah, I think I, I think that's the, where the intention is. Yeah, it's a good but intention. If they- if they had gone to the graduation and Nate had died on that table, they would not forgive her for not being there. You know what well, I they mean? Wouldn't forgive they forgive themselves, would... I think, too. They'd... Yes. Yeah. But I yeah. think that resentment would go all around. Every, you know, yeah. they'd blame themselves. They'd also blame her a little bit for, you know, yeah. letting them do that. So, How do you know that Nate didn't die? You don't know that yet. Oh, because he's going to die at the end of the series. I told you that oh, already. that's right. Jesse's crackpot theory. <laughs> My crackpot theory. Do not tell me if I'm right or wrong, right. people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know until I watch that last episode. <laughs> or he dies. I have it. to say, I, I love that this show, this episode, I mean, ends on a cliffhanger. Mm. I hate it. I hate it. No, I liked it. 
Oh, See, I like I this one. The punch okay. it in the face. I was looking at the time left in this in the show. You know, I was looking at the little yeah. timer as I'm watching. I'm like three minutes, one and a half minutes. Holy crap! They're not going to tell us. They're not going to tell us. <laughs> you know, the only. But thing... I kind of liked it. It's it's like it's like being in a roller coaster and being scared. I like that. And in this case, in their sicko tortured way, I kind of <laughs> liked it. The only thing that would have pissed me off more than it being this cliffhanger is if the cliffhanger was like he's in surgery then all of a sudden all the alarms started going off and they're like frantically working on him and then they cut to you know faded to white and that would have been like what <laughs> yeah that would have been even worse that would have been ridiculous um that would have been a Grey's anatomy we're going to commercial now moment yes <laughs> well i'm sorry you're gonna have to wait a, a, a few weeks to watch uh the season three opener so we are taking a break during the Christmas and New Year's uh, time, um, obviously, you know, nothing's stopping you guys from watching the first episode of the third season. But we are taking a break and we're going to come back the week of uh, January 7th. So if you're lucky, <laughs> if, you're, if lucky. you're good little underoos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, I know um, we just skipped to the end of the episode. Uh, <laughs> what the hell was that? Uh, so. That's because you don't have control over us the way Ruth has over her family. (laughs) And how Vanessa has control over Julio from across Mm -hmm. the house. Julio! Okay. Um, When I was dropping off the call earlier, which I turned on my Wi-Fi and now apparently it was my 3G. But anyways, earlier I missed the whole thing where – or wait, is this the conversation right now? <laughs> no, we were. I was referencing that from the earlier Vanessa scene, but because uh, I know you were talking about Vanessa, but what was the earlier Vanessa? I don't know. Right, Peter remember. Bishop. Never mind. Just because <laughs> this is the scene I want to talk about. Well, I, I, I basically was talking about how Alan Ball said in his commentary how much he loves Justino Machado, and uh, just the. I, I don't know the, the the way he gushed over in the seed and and the fact that he said that Julio became like kind of a thing they yelled back and forth to each other behind the scenes, which was pretty funny. Uh, kind of made me like her a bit more as well. But it's okay, little underoos. Come over here with me. We can have more chocolate and milk, <laughs> and they can keep on talking amongst themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so, what did you want to say, guys? Okay, this is the scene where she's telling him that he should invest in the um, in the Fisher business to, you know, and he yes. said he, they weren't going to make him a partner. And she said, you know, if you give him enough money, they will. And the whole scene, I'm screaming, no, 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 <laughs> do not let Rico invest. Do not let Rico invest. Do not let Rico invest. Because he's going to hold that shit over them forever and he's going to be an entitled little bastard like he was before and I just want to punch him in the face. This is they wrapped up some annoying um, plot lines right this episode Mm -hmm. but they started new annoying plot lines. (laughs) (laughs) This plot line is going to be the reason I start not liking this show. I can. You know what? No, no. I think here's my prediction. Okay. I think that because he becomes an investor in the company, that it's no longer so easy for him to sit back and be critical and be smarmy and smug because now he's going to have his heart and soul in it and it's his money and he's going to be a little bit more willing to um, you know, to buck up and be there when they need him and not whine so much. So it might be a know. good thing. 
I think he's going to be one of those, he's like one of those people who's just going to hold it over him like, well, you know, I invested and blah, blah, blah. I get to do this because I invested and I get to say in everything because I invested. That's good. Blah, blah, blah. I hope. Oh, All right. So, so much. <laughs> I think Robin wanted some predictions from us. So there you go. Yeah, Robin, I, I think it. we're going to skip the season three predictions because we're running long <laughs> because, and also because I think we're getting them all in this <laughs> So feel free to predict away as we go along here. Uh, The next scene, uh, Nate is filling out his pre-need. He wants to be cremated. He doesn't want to be involved. He doesn't want anybody viewing. He wants a service done by Rabbi Ari as well. And uh, it turns out David felt entitled to have uh, Father Jack to do his as well. Um, He didn't want him cruising (laughs) him in the afterlife. (laughs) (laughs) This was a sad scene. Yeah. I felt bad. Tear up for number David. three. <laughs> it was. It was um, quite touching. Not for me. Touching. Yeah. Nate wishes David could go, and David holds his brother. And yeah. yeah. Where did he wish he could go? Uh, to the hospital did with he, him? Did he mean he wanted to, to die, die with him? With him? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. He wishes he could be there for him. That's not what it seemed like. It seemed like he meant, I wish they could die if you're going to die. It was so bizarre. That's <laughs> what I got out of it, too. No. <laughs> See, it's not right just there. me. It's not just Jazz. If we both say it, then that is the intonation. That's the inflection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn it. So back at David and Keith's, uh, David is breaking down, crying. And uh, when Keith comes home in his sweats. uh, May I say what I wrote here, please? Please. I wrote, then to Keith. David breaks down. Keith is a slug. Ugh, go away, slug. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, David quickly uh, covers up his tears. And uh, Keith, you know, sits down, starts eating, is completely ignorant. And he's uh, kind of warding off... uh, David's attempts to communicate with him, to, to t- touch base with him. And even when he starts talking about, uh, you know, his future job, he says, my career isn't your problem. Why so, is David still with this asshole? I don't get it. I don't exactly. get it at all. No, me either. Such a dick. <clears throat> um, Ruth is showing Nikolai some new pictures of Maya. And, uh, yeah, he's not <sighs> having it. <laughs> she, she, she's a bit <laughs> annoying about it. <laughs> Uh, he's like, oh, more pictures of the baby. Uh, so she quits. And uh, she says she's not growing in this environment at the florist shop. That's, uh, and uh, <laughs> she and he might be losing Fisher and Sons because they might shut down. And Nikolai kind of takes the blame for her not having money and offers her $62. It's a very <laughs> slow See? week. This is what Rico's going to do. He's going to do just what Ruth did and hold that money over. <laughs> I don't think she <laughs> meant to. He held that money over, over uh, Nikolai. So, yeah. I think she's just basically saying, I'm not gonna, we're not going to be dealing with you anymore. I don't want to deal with you anymore. You're not going to come yeah, over to my I'm house glad, and be flirty with me. I'm glad she quit because, mm-hmm. you know, she needs to move on. That relationship was doomed from the beginning, apparently. So how about, uh, how about some... Uh, uh, Ruth and Nikolai predictions. There will oh. be no Ruth and Nikolai. Yeah, I think I'm not even probably... sure if we're going to see him again. Hmm. Yeah, that's you know? what I was thinking. We probably won't. All right. I can't say whether you're right or not. <laughs> so I guess I'll just move on. Um, Claire is looking through her Lack Arts flyer when. No, uh, she's looking through the other one, wasn't she? Or no, that was earlier. 
Oh wait, is was that the East Valley flyer she was looking yeah, through? Yeah, she was looking through the East Valley one. Oh, and that's, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Nate stops in to have a one-on-one with. Uh, oh, excuse Heather. me. Can I interrupt? Sure. I just did a quick math calculation hmm. for fun. Um, let me see. Ruth paid seventy-eight thousand dollars for Nikolai, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, so at sixty-two dollars, sixty-two dollars a week, <laughs> it'll take Nikolai twenty-four years to pay off this loan. <laughs> wow. You know what he should do? He should borrow the money from a Russian mob boss to pay her back. <laughs> Don't you think? I mean, because, you know, sense. he has two arms. They could still break those. Right, right. Then he's not indebted to her anymore. I'm sorry. Um, that was just a mathematical moment. <laughs> I had to go nice. there. Back to the scene with Claire and Nate. I loved the scene. Yeah. I... Loved all of the sibling scenes in this episode. You know, the scene between Nate and David, the scene between um, Claire and Nate. I think they were great. They were, they were the, like the best part of the show. No arguments here. My my plus list is very light. My minus list is very long. This episode. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, yeah, I haven't heard too much minuses. List, but okay. so. Wow. Yeah. Well, well, you know automatically Rico and Vanessa and Keith. <laughs> they equal like five of them at least. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Claire tries to emphasize to uh, Nate that, uh, you know, he shouldn't be doling out too much advice because uh, he's, you know, he's not all great and wise about relationships. And it doesn't seem mm-hmm. like he's dealing much with uh, – um, <laughs> His own relationships, and uh, <laughs> there's there's Nate's house moment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> house moment number three. <laughs> but uh, we have an interruption here because Rico is sitting high and mighty. Uh, he offers fifty thousand dollars for the business and wants equal partnership. And my note says, no. wipe that smug look off your face, Rico. <laughs> and I'm screaming, no, 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 at my TV. But Nate <sighs> thinks that it might actually be a good idea uh, to when he pulls Nate or David out into the hallway. He might actually need a partner, you know? Nate might not be here. Well, you know what they should have done? They should have said, talk to us Sunday. <laughs> You know, that way if Nate lives, you know, they don't really need him as a partner. If Nate dies, then hey, they can pull him in. <laughs> well, uh, they come back in and they offer $75,000 for 25% and he says, done. So he's not an equal partner. He's not an equal partner because because the two boys own that business. So now it's it wasn't 33 each way, right? Well, it's 25 and then, and then two of them divides it. There is a bit of feedback about that. We can discuss about that in a while. So, um, yeah, the next scene, uh, Nate having his house moment goes over to see Brenda and uh, tells her that a lot of what she said was true. And she admits she messed up. She thinks uh, she she now thinks she's a sex addict. It's hard for her to even spit it out. But um, Nate says that he went to a meeting once and... um, she says that once she can figure she figures it all out, they can have a new experience of love. Um, and uh, she wouldn't have done it. She wouldn't have. This didn't make sense to me. If you guys want to go into this, she says she wouldn't have done what she did if she didn't love him. And I didn't have time to go back over the scene. What did you guys think of this? 
She well, she explained that you know she was scared and you know yeah. of, of. So I guess if we assume that she effect. uses her addiction as her coping, that that's her rationale for it. I think that's what. Or she Or so. maybe she was trying to sabotage things, you know, uh, because she was scared to have things work out. All yeah. I all I know is I don't think sex addiction is what Brenda really needs to worry about. I think. Brenda, her parents really screwed her up, and she really needs some good counseling. But, unfortunately, her parents are, you know, psychiatrists, and so she has absolutely, she just can't go get some good counseling. And I think if she had some good counseling, she would be able to deal with her issues, and she wouldn't behave in this way. It's as if she if she could go and see Billy's therapist. <laughs> yeah. She might be she might be better off, honestly, because Billy's I therapist agree. seems to have some insight. Billy's therapist yeah, seems to have a, a bit of a grudge against her too. So I don't know. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, the liar lies one more time before he leaves. He says he's uh, getting an embolization and he doesn't want her there. And she breaks down. Um, kind of loses it and tries calling for him, and he just walks out because mm-hmm. he, yeah, he can't he can't deal with this right now. So, um, David asks Keith to go to Claire's graduation, and he says it's too much to deal with. And now, oh my god! <laughs> and now it's fight time between David and Keith. I didn't write down the blow by blow here, but uh, it does end up being. Uh, and ends up being, I, I was I was trying to make a comment about people blowing each other, um, but it's just it's going to be awful, and I'm just going to not do it. Okay, um, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, but I wrote down David wants him to be there for him, and he's disappointed he isn't that Keith isn't noticing his pain, and and, and he's disappointed in the fact that he got got, got rid of Taylor without t- talking to him about it, and uh, Keith kind of. Uh, says that, you know, David's been uh, acting all poor me. And uh, David says he was crying because his brother might die tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, they start uh, getting a bit physical, and then they get a bit physical. I was really hoping that Keith would go too far and, uh, you know, batter David, and then, you know, they could break up. But no, I had to end in sex, damn it. <laughs> and uh yeah a- a- any more comments on the scene actually i, I-, I was gonna move along but no, mm, no. no it's fine we <laughs> happy with the we happy that they hooked up or you're like no uh, uh. no we're not happy they need to break no, up no because they've resolved down. sorry they've resolved nothing and so no <laughs> yeah i agree so maybe uh, Alan Ball's uh, commentary on the uh, reuniting of David and Keith's uh, bodies is uh, given in the transition. Here we go to Claire's part, the party that Claire is attending, with a guy throwing up on the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we find out that uh, Monty Pappas, whoever he is, got into Williams. Um, apparently, also they think that. Uh, uh, Williams College is in Vermont, and it's not. Um, it's actually in Williamstown, Massachusetts, which is <laughs> just maybe like uh, about fifteen to twenty miles away from my house, uh, which is south of the border. Um, 
Yeah. So I'm just saying I'm a little indignant. Just, <laughs> come on, Alan Paul, get with it. Maybe maybe it's just like oh, teens are ignorant; they don't know where Williams College is. And I have no idea. The border, it's whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just the fact that it's in Williamstown, Mass. Okay, I'll let it go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think you're the only. It's really good. Your skin, didn't it, buddy? Sons of bitches. No, no. <laughs> Moira, it's okay. The rest of the Andrews and I, we're over here and we're eating chocolate chip cookies, man. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if I had some treats, I would woo these these underoos over to my side, but they'd have to listen <laughs> to my awful jokes. <laughs> um, so Parker and Claire smoking a dube and uh, talking about going to East Valley together. And we find out oh, that the Indian girl <laughs> gave Parker up. Ha ha. And I'm applauding. <laughs> Yay. It's so funny, especially <laughs> the fact that it's like, this has totally ruined uh, Parker's college chances and everything. I mean, you know, she could have gone to Yale and everything. And Claire just can't help it. She is laughing right along with us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised even the community college will take her, you know? I mean, that's a big deal, cheating on your SATs like that. Well, yeah. I, I guess it means that East Valley isn't the most prestigious. Uh, I guess take, they have no standards. They will take cheaters. Yeah, yeah, that's the worst, you know, for, for college cheating. That's kind of the worst, you know? <laughs> So the next scene is a quick little scene of David and Keith just finishing. They're sweaty, they're naked, and they're all sorts <laughs> of scratched up. Uh, it looks like even uh, uh, <laughs> Keith got a punch in the mouth or something. Or a bite. Yeah. Uh, um, and they collapse on the floor. And we also fade to Brenda, who is packing. Where is she going? Don't go, Brenda. Where are you going? Brenda, don't go. Um, and then we go to a little bit of a, you know, since we discussed it a bit in uh, episodes ago, um, seeing Nate put Aaron's ashes on the shelf that nobody claims. It was kind of sad to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't crack up right then, but I'm about to. <laughs> <laughs> he looks over the embalming room. He goes up to the office, looks at a picture of his dad and him and David, his kids. And uh, we go out to the sun porch where Ruth is drinking coffee. And... Uh, she calls, she calls him out on uh, protecting her. And mother is supposed to protect her, uh, or, or, or is supposed to protect him. At least try. That's 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 what makes him feel loved. And she just wishes she had more time to love him. And says, and uh, says, you don't even know. You're everything to me. And uh, Nate breaks down. He says sweet. he doesn't want to go. And uh, okay, Ruth says. I won't let you go. I won't ever let you go. And I okay snuffle and hide so, my tears like David from Des. When yes, good idea. Um, when she's talking to him and he starts sobbing, and like you know, I don't want to go. I almost had tears in my eyes. It it made my heart go. Oh, I'm waiting for so an there. end. Then no, really, that's it. Oh, no. I just, I, it almost got me. It I mean, got it, okay. it, it got me. I felt an emotion. 
Um, but it didn't quite she make can't, me She can't identify the emotion, mind you. <laughs> it, it made me so not happy. I don't know what it means. Um, but yeah, no, it, it got me once he started sobbing because he finally broke down and, you know, he's scared that he might die and he's, you know, he's been so strong this whole time mm. and, it was just sad. Because... I, I found it, um, it. It was unexpected. It was so sudden the way he did it. Yeah, it yes. just came like a thunderbolt. The way it would, and yes. it felt real to me. And I think I, it got to me too. It did. He was he was okay, but then his mommy um, yeah. was trying to make things better for him, and he became that little boy who was scared. You know, mm. it was just. Really and the way sad. she just says, you know, as a mom would do, you just say the thing that they need to hear. It doesn't yeah. matter that you can't really do that. It doesn't matter you don't have that power because right. you have mummy magic, right? Mummies have mummy magic, and that's what we do. Yes, exactly. See, and now I'm going to get all the clipped. <laughs> can I, I'm just going to, can I just pause this? i got to go call my mom. <laughs> Everybody, stop the podcast right now. And go, go and tell your mom that you love her. <gasps> I don't want to go back to podcasting with those girls. I don't. <laughs> you don't have to go. I won't ever let you go. Moira's got all the cookies, and everyone loves her. <laughs> Dad's making fun of me because I'm a crybaby. <laughs> It just can't identify emotion. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Robin. You come over here, sit by me on the couch. See, there's a nice spot right here. And and it's okay. <laughs> Have a cookie. Now you're putting your mom magic on me. Here's, I'm going to slide the plate over. Listen. Keep your voodoo here's away. Here's your glass of milk. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let me just pull my balls back on. Okay. Uh, David <laughs> comes into Claire's room with a camera while uh, while she's smoking a little weed. Uh, she makes him stop and then asks her, and then he asks her if she was smoking. And then a moment later, David is completely stoned looking at the dust balls under her under under her bed. And- I love this scene, too. I love him coming in with the camera, being all goofy older brother. Yeah. That was just so great. And then they have a bit of fun uh, picking on Nikolai. <laughs> that was fun, too. And they're, yeah. they're so happy that it didn't work out. <laughs> I think we all are by now. <laughs> and uh yeah, they they uh talk a little bit about, you know, oh just like how could he not appreciate uh, uh our mother and then he's like, Oh, maybe it was actually our mother's fault. Uh, a little <laughs> bit clingy. Um and then the conversation goes over to uh uh Nate and Brenda and they don't really know what happened between Nate and Brenda, what what broke everything up. And then David has a house moment. <laughs> And he says, "I wonder how Cla- how, how the surgery is going." And the, and uh, Claire says, "You know, fuck, basically, fuck this graduation shit." Um, and uh, they they leave. Um, and then we go to a quick scene of Brenda packing up her VW Golf, getting in, and driving no, away. No, Brenda, don't go, Brenda. And Where I, are you see, going? And I'm I'm thinking the same. I'm like Brenda, what now? You've just had your breakthrough. You've been honest with Nate. There's hope for you. Where are you going? There's nothing left for her. Billy doesn't yeah. need her. Nate doesn't want her. She, you know, her parents. She doesn't want to have anything to do with them. So she has nothing left. But she needs to stay because her and Nate can work things out. So predictions. Mm-hmm. Where did Brenda go? 
Where did she go? Where did she go? Belize. Belize. <laughs> Trying to get know, some of yeah. those great drinks. No, no, she took her stuff with her. I still think she's in California. I don't see her going east. I don't know where though. Does she have some secret hidden friend? She's she didn't go to Australia to see the naked guy. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good idea. Though. I'm mm. trying to think of all the other places where. Well, know. she must have other connections that we just don't know about. I, I just expect her to show up at somebody's, some friend's, you know, Oceanside chalet or something. She doesn't have any more friends. Mm. She's got that one married guy, but she doesn't really even like him. No, that's true. I don't know. So the next scene, we see Nate in the most unscruffiest he's ever been. Ugh, it was terrible. He's completely bald. It, and my notes say Nate's bald. No! Um, and then we see David and He's Ruth. still cute bald, though. He's still cute. He so was he for weird. real bald, or is that like a bald cap? What I don't know. Com- I didn't. I didn't. The contrary, I didn't tell you. No, I was sleeping uh, by then. <laughs> I think it was Can real just... because he looked like around his ears, like so there too. was mm-hmm. one shot where um, you could just see, like you know, just above his ears, and it looked like he was really bald. It didn't look like a bald cap. No, it looked real, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, I'm sure there's some big, big six feet under fans in 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 our underers alliance. So um, write in if you know, because I don't know if I'm going to go back and watch the commentary because uh, I have season three to start. Um, so <laughs> yeah, David and Claire show up to uh, find Ruth sitting alone. They sit together, and I sob they're again. They're hugging. They're <laughs> hugging. Yeah, Ruth looks really worried now. Mm. I think Ruth I love, was probably. I love uh, that she didn't give them any grief about showing up. I love yeah. that she just yeah. accepted it. Yeah, I, I think by that point Ruth was like, "Why did I tell my family to mm-hmm. leave I think me alone with this?" Yeah, I think she. Yeah, I think she's happy they showed up mm-hmm. because she didn't oh, feel yeah. so alone and worried. You know. I was thinking that earlier in the episode. I thought, Ruth, why are you, you know, sending them away? I mean, we've already talked about that, but you're leaving no one to support you. It's a terrible feeling waiting for someone in the OR. It's horrible. Mm. So um, Nate counts back from 10 and he nods off. We go to white and Nate is running down a road. A bus goes by and he pulls up. The doors are open. There's no driver. There's no one on that bus. There's no one anywhere around. And Nate stands there and contemplates getting on the bus. Explain this to me, Robin. Is the bus like him dying? If he steps on the bus, he dies? I mean, I don't get these metaphors. They just. I assume it is. I assume that's him deciding whether he takes the easy road and lets go and chooses to go to the afterlife or whether he fights to stay. He was just sobbing in his mom's arms saying he didn't want to go. So I would think he would want to fight, you know? I wouldn't think it'd be that easy. I think he's not going to get on that damn bus. (laughs) I did like, the only thing I liked about that scene, though, is you could hear vaguely the doctors and the, you know, machines. Mm -hmm. And that was like the only Mm -hmm. sound, really. I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, you guys remember. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Ron. Well, I was just going to say, you guys remember where the bus thing comes from, right? I mean, of course, yeah, from Nathaniel. Dad, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was hit by that bus. And the, In fact, the, the bus steering wheel, I swear it had like a tag on it as if it was evidence, <laughs> you know? <laughs> or maybe even a toe tag. I don't know. Yeah, maybe a toe tag. It looked like, kind of like a toe tag. Yeah, actually. of course, you know, we, when we saw Nate at the end of the first episode, 
um, we saw that uh, uh, he saw his father go by on a bus. Mm-hmm. Right. As if that yes. is, he was on the way to the afterlife. Um, in fact, there's that. There's a couple of little echoes to the first episode. I mean, the fact that Claire is now stoned again <laughs> <laughs> at the at the hospital, waiting for this terrible, you know, waiting for any sort of news on this whole terrible experience. You know, that's yeah. But uh, I think Alan Ball put it best that um, you know in the commentary that this is quite a different family now that Nate is with them, and uh, um, you know we we feel. Uh, sadness because you know Nate is um, he uh, he brought out more feeling in his family that he's like reinvigorated this whole family they were all kind of stagnant I, until he showed back up again yeah I wrote down in my notes I said the Fishers are acting like a real family now whereas you know in the end of the first episode where they're waiting to hear about Nathaniel or his mm-hmm. body or whatever you know, they're all kind of sitting away from each other and trying to figure out how to communicate with each other, you know, and mm-hmm. Claire even, you know, of course she's wicked stoned, you know, so <laughs> off down the hall. So, all right, well, I'm about to choke up again. So, uh, let's, uh, let's take a little break for some funniness from the Ramjack podcast. Woo-hoo. I love that show. Me too. Yeah. Hi guys, I'm Alex, and with me is Brad, Yay! and we are Ramjack. Don't watch Twilight to learn what love is. No, listen to Tina Turner to find out what love is. Screw that. Freaks on the China, never mattered before. Mr. Belvedere is all about incest. <laughs> Standing on the edge of tomorrow. Today, today. Oh no, babies. <laughs> The most awkward experience I've ever had with a dog wasn't awkward for me so much as it was for the dog. By the way, we're back in the tour universe. Yeah. Polar bears. Ah! Don't make me say it. Say it. No. You want me in charge of you. Sign this contract. (laughs) That contract will never hold up in court. Brave hearts. Fighting for the rights of all the dreamers. Yeah. You can find us online at curiosityabounds.com forward slash ramjack. Not so much a forward slash. There's backslashes and there's slashes. I can get confused. Forward slash is the thing. It's a lie. <laughs> perpetrated by the government. And you can also find us on iTunes. Yay, go there. Search Ramjack. Find it. Get it. Keep it. And we're back. So, uh, yeah, that's the Ramjack podcast with our uh, friend Brad and his co-host... Uh, Alex. Alex. Alex, yes. That's right. Um, and I'm a huge fan of the Ramjack podcast. It is awesome. You guys should listen to it. It's all kinds of funny. It is. And you we know. were tweeting the other day, um, Brad and I, and I was shamelessly promoting Fisher Cast, and he was shamelessly promoting the Ramjack <laughs> podcast. It was pretty funny. <laughs> He's sending me like the YouTube link for it. It was so funny. <laughs> so uh, here we are at the Fisher of the Week segment. And I think we should kind of uh, get through the rest of this episode pretty quick before Talk Shoe runs out of room for us. So uh, let's just do a quick uh, Fisher of the Week, and then we'll get into listener eulogies. Shit. Don't make me go first because I haven't even thought about All it. All right. Oh, shit. I'll go first. Des? Um, okay. Definitely not David because he's all kinds of stupid with Keith. Um, but, um, not Ruth and Claire either. They're kind of dumb this episode. But I'm going to pick Nate because Nate started, 
you know, um, like he went to see Maya. He talked to Brenda in an adult way. You know, he he faced his AVM and finally did something about it. So mm-hmm. Nate, definitely for me. Do you want me to go, Moira? No, I'll go. Okay, good. Because as she was starting to talk, I put big circles the way I doodle, you know, around the word Nate. <laughs> because I agree. <laughs> it's Nate for all of those reasons. And um, because he's so vulnerable with his mom. It's so true. It's so real. Nate. Yeah. Uh, shots. It's definitely Nate time. Yay. Nate is lucky that Nathaniel wasn't in this episode except for a picture. Because <laughs> I felt bad <laughs> not giving it to him last time. Uh, but uh, yeah, much much of the reasons why uh, the, the what we were discussing towards the end of the synopsis. So, um, you know, Nate is a very, or was a, very treasured character. And uh, if he's around, um, we'll be happy to have him. If he's not, we're going to miss him a lot. And it's really good that we all uh, raised our shot glasses to uh, Nathaniel Fisher Jr. Mm-hmm. If he, he dies, may he, if he dies, no, I think I'm done. <laughs> may he rest in peace or may he live happily ever after? Or love the king. I am not okay with the resting in peace part. I'm telling you that right no, now. I'm not either. Mm. Not okay. Listener eulogies. My- uh, <laughs> 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 we have a, a couple this week. Um, and uh, nope, that's for Redemption Cast. Thanks, Brian. We'll, <laughs> we'll get to your email soon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we have one from Brad. Uh, and we have one from Claire. So who wants to read what? I'm going to read Brad's because I never get to read Brad's. Read Brad's. <laughs> so I'm going to okay. put my foot down. <laughs> I'm going to read okay, Claire's because, uh, you know, with Des's connection, she won't make it sound as good. <laughs> All it's right, long, too, and I don't feel like reading long. That's what she said. <clears throat> okay, yeah. here comes Brad. Stop quibbling, you two. <laughs> Okay, Manzies. First of all, this episode was so much better than the previous one that they seem somehow even worse now. (laughs) (laughs) If I were to lie dying and some weirdy weirdo stranger was embracing me against my protestations, I would not be happy at all. (laughs) I thought Ruth had invested and was a silent partner. Or am I imagining this? If Rico was 25%, wouldn't he be on equal terms with David, Nate, and Ruth now? Please tell me I'm wrong. You are okay, so- correct, Brad. Yeah. Uh, this is what See, I didn't think Ruth was still a partner. She is still I a partner. Even though she uh-huh. gave away uh, her, uh, I-, I would say, a, a good amount of uh, her money, I think she still is invested. Um, yeah. Didn't she invest before she gave away the money to um, the Russian I, mob. I, I, I think mean, the fact that she was just like the money's here, and then she ended up giving away. I don't think they're going to kick. You're going to oh well. You're. I, mean, I don't think it's all money. I think it's. I you know since she is a Fisher, she is a part of uh, Fisher and Sons, and uh, they're all equal. They made that agreement. Unfortunately, Ruth was a little careless with the uh, the ca- the cash, and uh, you know maybe that'll come up. Who knows? But uh, yeah, Rico bought mm-hmm. in. And uh, uh, damn it, he's an equal. That scares a, me. Okay, all right. Hate okay. 
<laughs> then he says, also, all of the information and quotes you provided by Jill Soloway on the last episode makes me really, really dislike and distrust her as a writer and human being. <laughs> I don't remember the quotes. <laughs> I, I was reading this earlier today, and I, I think he's talking about, like, especially the uh, the stuff where she was, like, basically, the Puerto like, Rican stuff, accepting that she doesn't know you know anything about Puerto Rican and Jewish? Uh, and well, I think she's Jewish, but uh, you know, somebody, no matter what, will come come up. You know, even if she looks it up and researches it, will come up to her and go, "No, you have it totally wrong," and you know, help rewrite things. So I think he was kind of disgusted by that. Maybe it's something different. You know, Brad, if you want, you can write it and comment more on that. But uh, I think that's what he was talking about. Maybe it's among other things as well. But okay, so this is from Claire. Claire Bear, uh, Claire Lafar, not Claire Fisher. Um, she says, Hello, Underoos. <laughs> In a British exactly accent. Like her. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, lovelies. It's scary. <laughs> uh, so sadly, I haven't had time today again to watch this episode, but seeing as it's one of my faves from this season. Yay, I got it right, Des. <laughs> Here are some quick points. Good job. Rico now owns 25% equity. Yep, I'm afraid he's here to stay. Or is he? Adopts mysterious pose. <laughs> the moment so where... I hope he's the first death in season three. <laughs> <laughs> we can still pray for that, Dad. So we can still yes. pray. The moment where <laughs> Nate breaks down towards the end and Ruth is comforting him kills me every time. The shift mm-hmm. in the dy- dynamic in that scene feels so generous in both Peter no, Krause... Genuine, genuine. Genuine. Sorry, I was trying to hide a burp and read at the same time. Sorry, guys. Um... <laughs> It's okay because uh, she spells Francis wrong in this email. So maybe that's the English way. I'm sure Francis does. Okay, Peter Cross and Francis Conroy do a great job. That's the that's the male way to spell it with an I. Yeah. The female way is with an E. Hmm. Yep. Garcon means boy. Yes. Uh, R.I.P. <laughs> Not later. <laughs> R.I.P. Aaron. His death scene was really sad. I still maintain that he looked far too healthy, though. Um, or should I read it like she says? He looked far too heathly, though. Um, <laughs> British. They have all these different words. Um, how about a little makeup on the actor, people? Props to Nate, though, for being there till the end for, with him. Claire finally cries. Nate was trying to kill him. (laughs) He practically smothered him with a pillow. (laughs) Uh, Claire finally cries over Nathaniel. A big moment for her at the threshold of perhaps a new error in her life. Era. Wait a minute. I I said error. You're having trouble reading tonight, Robin. Um, I know. So is that the first time Claire cried about Nathaniel? I believe so, yeah. I don't think she cried at the graveside. I don't think okay. we saw any. She had a she had a moment with uh, Nate, um, you know, sitting on washing machines and stuff, but uh, in the back room there. But I, I don't think she actually cried though. Okay. Um, flaming lips. No, that is not some weird medical condition that I have just discovered. But an excited shout out to a band that I love and who feature in this episode. Yes, it's they're playing in uh, um, Claire's room. Uh, during what well, she's about to say, I like seeing David and Claire bond a little over skipping graduation and going to see Nate in the hospital. We don't seem to have had much interaction between them recently. 
True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the song was Fight Test, by the way, if you want to look it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I love this episode. Luckily, when I'm originally when I originally watched it, I was able to start season three immediately afterwards. Um, I think if I had watched that ending when it aired, it would have had me jumping up and down in frustration. I awarded nine point five druggy countdowns out of ten. Love you guys. And she stole she stole my rating system. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, Claire. Damn you, Claire. Wow. You sound like Batman. <laughs> Damn you, Claire. Tell me about the rabbits. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, let's get to the last rites before people turn off this podcast. Um our final thoughts on the episode and the ratings. So, who wants to go first? Maria. I'll go. I'll go. Moira. I'm going to go. Because that other woman went first last time. You go. You go, girl. Okay. I, uh, I love this episode. Because here are my reasons. Number one, Taylor is gone. Which I know makes Des really happy. But in some ways it makes me happy too. Because I wasn't seeing that working out, to be honest with you. I am happy because Ruth and Nikolai broke up. That needed to happen. I'm happy because Nate manned up and got his damn surgery. And he's going to be fixed. And he's coming back just fine, Robin. He's going to be healthy. Um, I like that David and Keith had a showdown. I wished that... I really wanted uh, David to just punch Keith or something. I wanted him to really put him in his place. And I would have been okay with them breaking up, to be honest. So I'm happy that I showed down. I'm not so happy that I think they're still together, but whatever. And I think it's actually going to be interesting having Rico as a partner. So I, I think that's kind of cool because, you know, Rico was just becoming this whiny, bitchy guy and he was getting really, really annoying. And I have a feeling if we see him as a partner, maybe he'll get more interesting again. I hope so. Okay. So that's all the things I loved. Um, I am actually going to give this a jam-packed 10 out of 10. Yes, a 10 out of 10, what? people. Driverless buses on desolate roads. Wow. Speaking of desolate, Des? Des? <laughs> I know. I thought she was going to say my name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, add points for Brian Darling, my favorite character from Dirty Sexy Money. Yay points. Uh, subtract, huh? Yay points. What? Yay points. Subtract points for Keith. Add points for Taylor being gone. Subtract points for Rico and Vanessa. Add points for all the sibling scenes. Uh, subtract points for baby Maya. Uh, add points for... <laughs> add points for... Um, oh, crap. I can't. Oh, Nikolai and Ruth breaking up. Subtract all the points for Rico becoming a partner. <laughs> Just 25% of them, right? Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. Okay, 25% of them. Um, also, subtract points for all the damn crying in the episode. Um, and subtract points for the cliffhanger and the uh, metaphorical ending, which I don't ever get that kind of shit. So um, I'm going to give it a – I'm going to give it six. Out of ten annoying plot lines, we need to just tie up. <laughs> oh my god! Six. Yeah, we felt so differently about this. Maybe I, I should have went lower. <laughs> lower? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Did I subtract points for Brian Darling dying? No, I didn't. So yeah, I don't know well, where I'll your points it. stand up or uh, start off or end. I I just listen to the list. Yeah, the list has no bearing on the number I pick. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we have we've gone over this we in a previous it. episode, Robin. Pay attention. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, points. Oh, points Lord. off for 
the loudspeaker that Dez is speaking through. Uh, uh, I don't points know off for Moira's cookies and they're trying to woo people <laughs> that I didn't share with you. I did so. Come on, I took you over to the couch and I gave you one. Trying to forget whining. that moment. I was feeling vulnerable, and I don't. Want, I'm going to edit that out. Robin, did she touch you in the body place? <laughs> If I touched him in a naughty place, he would not be editing it out. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying. Anyway. I love it when we make Robin uncomfortable. My uh, wife is going to edit you out. How about that? It's so worth it. <laughs> Hides behind wife. Uh, okay, so... Uh, let's see. What's what? Where was I? Oh, the ratings and stuff. Um, I love this episode. Uh, it, it was it's beautiful, and uh, yeah, there's there's a there's a couple of things you're like that that are you know frustrating. Like, oh man, it's gonna go this way, or maybe it's gonna go that way. But um, and and uh, of course, yeah, the cliffhanger. So um, I'm still. Uh, I love it. I mean, if if if, if an episode uh, moves me emotionally or um, gastronically, I will give it high ratings. Is that a proper word, Moira? Gastronic? No, I don't know what you mean by that I word. Meant, I meant <laughs> like moves, moves my bowels. Um, oh, Lord. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 possibly dead protagonists. Wow. You know, like I said, they wrapped up a lot of annoying storylines like Taylor and Brenda cheating and stuff like that. But then they started all a bunch of new annoying ones like Rico investing and Brenda leaving and oh, Maya, you know. <laughs> Leave Maya alone. <laughs> the baby hate is just mean, Dad, even for a Cylon. Come on. Wanna, see, when I get in that punch of baby mood, that's the baby I think about when I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make you babysit. Oh Taylor. my goodness! Um, and do her hair. Uh, so let's bury this fifth cannon. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's bury this snake fisher. Oh, you're a bastard! Let's bury this bastard. Um, let's bury this bird if he keeps talking like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to rise up against you. Uh, visit us at fishercast.blogspot.com. Leave a voicemail at one five four one two embalm Visit us on the Facebook. Or you can email us at fishercast1 at gmail.com. Please put the name of the title in the um, subject line so we don't get spoiled. And we love to hear from you. And we like voicemails, too. Yeah, definitely. Um, Memos. Des? What? Yes. Okay. Yes. What? Where can we find you on the web? <laughs> <laughs> um, what did I plug last week? I plugged Fatal Attraction, right? Yep. Um, okay, so uh, you can find me on Nonsense Cast, um, which is just a general podcast full of nonsense and occasional porn. Um, nonsense Cast. Uh, on WordPress somewhere. I <laughs> just Google <laughs> Nonsense Cast. I will maintain that. You can that find that, it on iTunes. Nonsensecast.wordpress.com. I, 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 I must maintain that that podcast isn't actually a podcast. That is listening to people talk on the phone or something. 
it's kind of a listen to a private conversation. Yes, yes. And uh, <laughs> if you want some really unfiltered Des, uh, you got to listen to this uh, podcast, especially the fact that if you think that we riled Des up, uh, wait till you meet Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, my nemesis. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, you can find Moira treating Scott Axelrod for his gonorrhea with kindness and consideration. <laughs> and you can also find her on Twitter at Moira Brown with an E at the end, the E for excellence. <laughs> uh, and, and Mia, you Aww. can find me, uh, on Redemption Cast, uh, it's, uh, Redemption Cast, uh, something, blog spot, wordpress.com. <laughs> Um, and it's an angel retrospective podcast. Angel people, retrospective in case you podcast. Didn't know that. Yes, yes. He, he talks uh, retrospectively about different angels like Clarence and Gabriel yes. and mm-hmm. all the different angels and Michael. Mm-hmm. All the angels. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> that's it for Fishercast this week and possibly forever. Next week we'll be back with the Dirty Sexy Intro Cast. With um, <laughs> season three of Six Feet Under and uh, the episode Perfect Circles, and we're going to actually have a new guest, uh, our friend, uh, our our new friend Michael, who's been emailing. And Ooh, so, a boy! Uh, yes, I hope he's hot. A boy. I hope he's hot. <laughs> Shouldn't have heard a the boy. boy. Uh, <laughs> as for the last time I make a stupid joke, not quite. We therefore. <laughs> Commit this episode to the ground. Ashes to ashes. <laughs> Nate is dead. Stop saying that, Bert. <laughs> I hate Robin. <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> He's evil. <laughs> 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 well, I've told you once and I've told you.